we spoke to one business that was using enough pallet wrap to circumnavigate the world 10 times each year. Utopian vision for the world is that all pallet wrap um, is made locally from a local waste source. Local waste, locally made, home compostable, marine degradable. (laughs) Welcome to Nourishing Matters to Chew On. I'm Anthea Fawcett. Join me on a journey across our food and agricultural landscapes as I speak with inspiring people who are tackling parts of the wicked puzzle to enable change toward a healthier, more sustainable, fair and resilient food system and environment. I acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connections to land, water and culture. I acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to Nourishing Matters' first episode for 2022. If you're like me and try to eliminate, reduce and recycle as much plastic waste as you possibly can, but really struggle with what to do about plastic wrap that we use to keep food fresh and make the most of leftovers and more, listen on. I think you're going to love this story. I'm speaking with Julia Kay, who is one of the co-founders of Great Wrap, an inspiring new business who have developed a very smart product, one that tackles plastic waste and food waste head on. Good morning. You look like you're in an R&D facility, are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually in our new facility that we're setting up. We've just moved in, so it's very empty, but it is um, the old, I don't know if you remember Willow Esky. Yes, yes. Yeah, so it's the old Willow factory, soon to be great rap factory. Oh gosh, Julia, thanks so much for joining me. It's, you know, it's such a such a pleasure. What a lovely story to lead off with. And what amazing goals you guys have been hitting. I mean, just such a sensational story. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a crazy couple of years. It's all happened very quickly. Um, And did you and Johnny get to have a good summer break or were you working all the way through? Oh, (laughs) we had a little bit of a break. Um, Yeah, we we did a bit of work, but we took it easy. We have a beautiful front yard, um, which is about a 500 metre walk from the beach. So we had a lot of swims in between between work. So it was very nice. (laughs) Some unusual Melbourne weather to do that. Yeah, exactly. When I first learnt about Great Rap late last year, I just thought, wow, that is such a game changer and something I want in my kitchen now. (laughs) <laughs> and so I and lots of my friends for Christmas received great rap. <laughs> and, and I also thought I've got to speak with them. So, so thanks so much for your time today. Australians churn through something like, I think you said elsewhere, something like more than 150,000 tonnes of plastic wrap every year. And most, if not all of that, before great rap came along, is petroleum-based. Julia, tell us about how it all began and what inspired you, an architect, and your husband, Geordie, a winemaker who I understand also studied chemistry and agriculture, to just up and change careers and to create and launch this really inspirational new product. I mean, it was, I guess, a slower process than that. Yeah, so I guess for me, you know, working in architecture, I mean, it's very much, in my mind, design, you know, a lot of people think it's this really glamorous sort of career but I think a lot of it is actually about problem solving and so for me you know when you're designing a building right you're thinking about the decisions that you're making Um, and if you do a good job that building will last for the next hundred years and you know be a great gift to this sort of community around it Um, so I was sort of thinking I guess that sort of like generational way when I started to get a bit I guess you know I was thinking like sort of the world's burning around me what's the point of this building lasting 100 years if I'm not doing anything to protect the environment Uh, and Jordi and I were talking you know he was farming organically and um, talking a lot about his grape yields that year and we were just both really I guess kind of 
frustrated um, was sort of the underlying. You know, we felt like we were doing great things. We were taking all of this care, but we could be doing more and something more meaningful that was probably, I guess, a bit bigger than ourselves. And then, you know, we were just using a lot of palette wrap in our own business. I mean, for me, like every construction material that you use comes wrapped in palette wrap. Um, you see that on site, it's blowing around in the wind. You, you could have thought about every single item on that site except the palette wrap, but really that that is the connector of all business and supply. Um, so we started talking about that and we just saw this great opportunity um, that no one was tackling and we realised it was like this incredibly aggregated sort of, or like, yeah, fragmented industry that had been unchanged for years and we thought maybe this is our, our thing, let's give this a go. Um, <laughs> and that kicked off a lot of, you know, research, um, three years' worth. Um, to get us to where we are now, uh, but it's been a very, very exciting journey. So, so tell us more about Great Wrap. Um, you know, for somebody who doesn't know what it is, the concept of it, and what the products are, what's available now, and what's in the pipeline. I think there are three options. Is that right? Great Wrap is a home compostable stretch wrap made from food waste. There are three products available at the moment. We have a, a domestic cling wrap, so that's for like wrapping your sandwiches and taking them off to school. Um, we've also got a catering wrap product uh, which is for use in like your cafe or your local restaurant Uh, and then we have pallet wrap uh, which is used for like distribution centers freight logistics that sort of thing Uh, and so the product itself will actually break down in your backyard compost pile into carbon and water in 180 days so um, you know we really see that as an incredible solution Um, we're also working on our formula and have some things coming up in the pipeline that will mean that our our product is actually marine degradable uh, by the end of 2023 so that means it dropped in the ocean which you'd sort of never suggest it would actually break down into carbon and water there too so very exciting. Yeah, because like in landfill, even for other compostable wraps, there's, there are all these issues about the heat that's required to break down. So obviously for marine context, that sounds like an amazing new formula. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so our products, um, yeah, anaerobic compostable. So that means it'll break down in, in landfill as well. So basically, yeah, without oxygen, it can still decompose, which is super cool. <laughs> you know, super cool. As you say, three products and there's a pre-order service for pallet wrap. When are the first deliveries expected for that or is that down the track? No, that's um, in the coming months. I'm actually sitting inside our new facility now where we're, where we've got three uh, Austrian engineers setting up our new machinery. So that'll be manufacturing the pallet wrap. We're in yeah, the Willow Esky old factory. Um, so once we've finished setting that up, it, we'll be making... Um, palette wrap for all of those pre-orders and so we've got some very big customers that are excited to start using our palette wrap too so can't wait to get that going I think from an impact perspective you know we spoke to one business that was using enough palette wrap to you know circumnavigate the world 10 times each year so it's such a crazy amount of palette wrap that people are using yeah no the volumes are huge and I've moved um house like many people many times sometimes internationally and the amount of wrap <laughs> used to just horrify me every time things went out the door. So it gets so many applications. It's so exciting. It's such a great product. And it seems you first focused on building a direct consumer brand, you know, the, the catering wrap and the domestic um, great wrap products. 
good for scaling and a great way to spread the word. And it sounds like um, there's already incredible interest from large businesses and potential com commercial users. Do you see that area really gathering momentum? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think the reason for us focusing on the direct-to-consumer market initially was, you know, our business was born in March 2020. So, um, you know, you know not, not a great time for um, a, a B2B product. So we, we started with pellet wrap and then we very quickly pivoted onto um, the domestic cling wrap because we knew a lot of people were at home. Um, you know, we're in Melbourne, so we love food and wine. Um, and people weren't able to go out anymore. So they were cooking and really, really seeing um, their waste footprint, which for us has been incredibly beneficial in terms of building that sort of brand story. I, I think, you know, like we have these huge sort of contracts with large businesses about our pallet wrap and that's only come about because they've seen the direct consumer product um, and the impact it can have in the home. So um, when we start to think about launching internationally, um, that's definitely the way we want to want to tell the story because it's not just about replacing the material it's about people understanding why they're replacing the material and what's going into it and why it's important because um yeah it's it's you know education is really key with all of these things i mean three years ago i didn't understand that and i i'm sharing that's really powerful the whole picture is really part of the pitch isn't it and um yeah Oh, and, and during COVID, you know, with takeaways and, as you say, people cooking more at home, more leftovers, all the rest. But, the you know, there's been whole studies done on just the incredible proliferation of takeaway packaging waste during COVID. So bravo you on tackling a big part of that. Um, <laughs> Thank so, you. Some people, some people might say that plastic wrap, a bit like toilet paper, <laughs> is a bit boring, not very sexy. But the way you've styled and present the product is really clean and cool. Um, to help visualise and get into the spirit and the feel of Great Wrap, can you tell us about how you've been working with Simon Griffiths, who is the founder of Who Gives a Crap and how he's helped? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's great. I was actually having a chat to Simon uh, yesterday. Um, so, you know, Simon and Geordie and I met um, at the pub <laughs> about, you know, two and a half years ago and it was based, you know, the conversation was like, you know, that's a, a boring well, not boring, you know, it's an everyday product. We all need it, but no one's talking about it. Um, product, so, you know, how what can we learn from what Simon's sort of been through on that journey? Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we caught up for a beer and he ended up being one of our first angel investors, which was really, really nice to have him on board. Um, and I think, you know, what we've learned from him is that it's not just about the product, it's about the impact that you're having. And we always kind of, you, that's why we started this business but like the fact that consumers are excited about that is, is really um is really nice and a, and a great learning um we also really love the culture that simon has cultivated within his business he's given us a lot of advice on how to build a team and um build a strong culture and an inclusive workplace which is very priority number one i think yeah and a real profit you know it's a he's very much a profit for purpose, but you're a profit with purpose, but you're a family-owned business, aren't you? Yes, 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 we are husband and wife team. <laughs> and I see who gives a crap have also entered the kitchen and they they now also offer paper towels and tissues that are, are beautiful and really practical. So lots of simpatico inspiration between you guys, it seems. Um, Great Wrap sounds like a simple, super clever product, but no doubt there's lots of material science and design savvy behind it. And you've referred to the research that you and Jordy have done. Can you tell us a little bit about how you and Geordie tackled the science of it all? Where did you start and who did you work with to develop it in terms of R&D or trial products or whatever you'd like to share on that front? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, it's an ever, ever, ever going journey, that one. It's one of the most exciting things about what we're doing. I think um, a lot of businesses can kind of land on a product and stop there, but I don't think we'll ever do that. We're kind of perfectionists in that way. Um, but, you know, the beginning of, I guess, our research journey, we just we just started very basically like looking into um, compostable products and what that actually means. Um, and then, you know, that sort of led us into like hours and hours and months and months of reading research papers. Um, and I've got to say, Geordie, it was much stronger in this, this part, of, <laughs> part of the research journey, um, which led us to, you know, come across uh, a few solutions that we're using waste as a feedstock uh, and we wanted to develop our own process. So um, about 18 months ago, we started a, a, a relationship with Monash University. Um, so they've really helped us um, carry out those lab scale tests and like design that process. Um, we're now working with um, multiple uh, sort of like biotech consultancies across the globe now in the scale up process, which is um, you know, often uh, we find solutions at the lab scale, but the, the challenge is like, you know, there's this gap that it was like, they call it like Death Valley for innovation. It's going from lab to commercial scale. Um, so I think the way we've really treated it is, you know, much like an architecture project, you know, you get a structural engineer to do the structure. Um, we've really looked for the experts in the room globally to really help us get to this point. Okay, so you've got this fabulous ecosystem of uh R&D and technical support and manufacturing systems people helping, uh, helping as you say, overcome those cliffs in uh, startups, you know, where you go from a concept through to proper to full manufacturing. Would you like to highlight any, any particular partners or, or place or, or particular challenges? Is it, was it in the durability and the stretchability and the... Yeah, so many partnerships and so many challenges. I mean, yeah, I mean, Monash has been an incredible partnership for like our, I guess, formula journey manufacturing is is a really interesting one I, I i can tell you more about that journey um because you know we didn't start uh with you know setting up a factory in mind um we we actually started off contract manufacturing so what that means is we found uh someone offshore with a factory we sent the product that we wanted to make to them um and they did trials for us which during covid was a really big challenge because we were doing these trials that you know we're about to you know kind of quit our jobs and pour our life savings into something but um we're facetiming um looking at a see-through film <laughs> and you can't touch or feel it <laughs> so there's been a lot of challenges around that you know like stickiness and durability is something there are obviously yeah so there's been a lot of challenges to overcome there i think working with international partners when you can't travel also also a challenge and a very tactile product <laughs> you need to feel so many so many challenges <laughs> um i understand from your website and other interviews that you're working to become a fully circular business and your product from cradle to grave tackles food and plastics waste to deliver environmental benefits across its life cycle Let's talk about Great Wrap's specific environmental benefits and building towards a more vertically integrated business. Does that sound okay? Yeah, that sounds great. Great Wrap displaces the need for petroleum-based plastic wraps. There's an obvious problem with conventional petroleum-based plastics in landfill and in marine environments. But in sustainability lingo and circles, there are more and more biodegradable wraps and compostable pl plastics, and it can be confusing. Is that, a, is that a good place to launch off from? Yeah, I'm, I'm more keen to probably to talk about um, the circularity and heading towards full vertical integration. Okay. On the journey to total vertical integration for us, we're kind of, I guess, at step 
two of three of where we want to be. So what that means is currently we're importing some of our biopolymers. So someone processes the food waste for us and put that through the polymerization process, which is a very big word to say, turns it into a plastic-like substance that then we manufacture at our factory here. And so by the end of 2023, we'll actually be making those raw materials ourselves. So we'll actually be collecting the potato waste at our factory here in Tullamarine, putting it through that polymerization process here and manufacturing it all on site. So I guess, you know, our kind of utopian vision for the world is that all pallet wrap um, is made locally from a local waste source. And so we really see, uh, yeah, you know, the Tullamarine facility as kind of the first piece in that sort of playbook that we can then roll out globally. So where's the waste currently coming from at the moment or where are you importing that feedstock from at the moment? It's coming from Idaho. Yeah, so, so quite a way, but we're actually working with a company in Dandenong, which is, you know, very close to Tullamarine. Uh, so we'll be processing that waste on site um, very soon, which is incredibly exciting, obviously, from, you know, carbon carbon miles perspective and just... Um, oh, a huge step. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. And it's not petroleum. Well, primarily the feedstock at the moment is primarily potato waste. Will that continue to be the case or do you envisage that there will be further diversity of food waste going into the feedstock? Yeah, I think definitely um, there is potential for that design to be um, built in. I think we'll be focusing on potato waste here, but that's not to say that we can't sort of replicate this process in another location where the, the waste is, a, I guess, a different makeup. Um, it's very possible. Fantastic. So you're at step two now and step three, as you say, is to be fully locally sourced. Yeah, totally. Local waste, locally made, um, home compostable, marine degradable. <laughs> and, and tell us what, what are the big differences between compostable and biodegradable? I know that's, you know, that's, that's old news to you, but yeah. fascinating for lots of us who are a bit new in this place. <laughs> yeah, and it's a funny one because it, it is, it's still very much, like it's, it's very debated and I often have, I check in with our polymer scientists sort of weekly to make sure I'm getting the terminology right um, because you kind of don't want to be getting into, like it's very confusing and it should be easy. You know, basically the degradable side of things means that there is an additive added into the plastic. And what that means is when it's exposed to sunlight and water, it'll still break down, but into kind of those smaller pieces, which we know as microplastics, which end up in our food and in our waterways and horrible things like that. Whereas compostable, yeah, it, it fully breaks down into carbon, water and sort of like a biomass. So it's like the way we see it is it's like made from nature and then a natural process returns it back in to nature. So biodegradable plastics can be made out of a whole mix of things, biopolymers and other, but include some chemicals and petrochemicals still or not? Yeah, yeah, usually they're still um, still oil-derived oil um, and then there'll be an organic additive that sort of, I guess, separates those molecules. Yeah, so on a spectrum of uh, sustainable products, you're at the you're at the golden end. Yeah, and that's actually totally, you know, the way we see it because it really is a spectrum, you know. There's on the one end you've got, you know, plastic and then you've got where we're headed and we're kind of, you know, three-quarters of the way to that marine degradable <laughs> plastic okay so I was going to ask what the, you know what the first or current generation is made of and you've already answered that it's primarily out of potato waste is it certified compostable yes yeah, so we've just had our lab results back um, for certification because basically you know uh, 
it's a new formula. Um, and the film broke down in 91 days. Um, so to be certified home from possible, you need to break down in 180 days. Um, and we're obviously at half the time. So we're in the midst of that certification process, but um, confidently passing the test, which is great. That's fantastic. And how much waste just, you know, just for an indicative, how much waste did you divert, how much potato waste did you divert from landfill in 2021? Oh, that's a good question. I actually don't know that number off the top of my head, but I can tell you. I think your website's just 38,000 kilograms. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that the new plant's got to do 50,000 or something like that. Great. Well, I was going to give you another fun fact. When we are, the, like, when we are making our own polymers next year, we will be diverting as much CO2 um, from the atmosphere as if we'd taken 100,000 cars off the road um, each year. Well, that's a great metric, isn't it? And um, you've just spoken about like you're hitting goals ahead of yourself in terms of how quickly it's breaking down in the environment. Just tell us about what is you know, some of the differences and what is the optimal way to dispose of great wrap. I mean, there's a difference between, as you say, putting it into compost or, or into landfill. What's the best way to get rid of great wrap? For sure. I mean, uh, we we put ours in our compost bin. We're very lucky, though. We've got a nice big backyard. Um, if you don't have one of those, you know, you can put it in your sort of uh, food waste bins. Um, if it does go to landfill, it'll take a little longer to break down, probably one to two years um, is about sort of the calculation we've got there. We're working with major businesses to sort of connect their supply chain back into those sort of composters locally. Um, and we're also really excitingly looking at a few, there's a, a, a few amazing businesses that actually have developed technology to recycle um, biopolymers. So we'd actually recollect great wrap, recycle that, and um, there's a technique where you can sort of turn that into a styrofoam alternative, which we're looking into at the moment, because I think um, in our mind, composting is incredibly important, but to solve the plastic problem, it's going to be a hybrid solution of both composting and recyclability I think if we're going to get somewhere meaningful moving forward that's really exciting so you know so great wrap could as you say be composted or go into another product and still carry forward those great characteristics of an ability to break down yeah yeah exactly so I was going to say is it worm friendly I think obviously it must be is that right very very worm friendly yeah that's for sure <laughs> but I'm also thinking like you know you could you could spread it or you can you know, bury it in your garden or compost it, but you could almost use it like mulch or a weed barrier, you know, for that 90 days before it breaks down, which is pretty fabulous too. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, we've actually, um, one of one of um, Pete, our head of strategy, he's got an ag uh, background and he really wants us to do a mulch film as our next product. So. <laughs> I speak with a lot of people in the farming and agriculture sector and, you know, silage and you see a lot of quite heavy flexible plastics used in agriculture. I mean, there's a whole new world for pallet wrap there, I suppose. Um, okay, and obviously the packaging is fully recyclable. It's beautiful. Tell me a little bit about what other more industrial compostable plastics are currently being made out of and what some of the ecological issues that travel with them might be. And I'm thinking perhaps of cornstarches or sugarcane-based wraps. Mm, yeah, so I guess the problem with cornstarch and, and sugarcane-based wraps is that often they are made using a product that is farmed for purpose. So it's intensive agriculture kind of, you know, decimating those sorts of environments. Um, and I guess, you know, we looked into that sort of early in our, our process and realised that that was not actually um, a better solution than petroleum. It's in one, one way you're just swapping one bad for another bad. 
um, I guess. And so that's when we started to look into waste. So I think we saw waste as a problem that no one was really treating and the potential to turn that into a higher value product rather than farm a farm of cornstarch to just turn that into plastic sort of didn't make sense to us. Yeah, and, and all the other land clearing and other environmental issues that can sometimes travel with those. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Any other environmental benefits, you know, just, uh, I don't know, related to energy or, or um, supply chains or I think you use renewable energy or green energy at your first plant and, and will, the, will your new plant also PV on the roof? Yeah, yeah, totally solar powered at um, Tyab. We're working on switching over here um, to renewables. It's very, very big roof, so we've got a lot of room there for solar. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the exciting thing for us is that um, the food waste that we'll be converting um, currently is going into, uh, it's literally going into fields being fed to cows, um, rotting in a paddock, which emits methane, which is, you know, on a 25 times multiple to CO2 in terms of greenhouse gases. So we're really excited, I guess, to tackle that problem. And your new plant, I think, is how much bigger than your first plant is the new plant? It's a, it's the old risk factory. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great it's a great story of Australian manufacturing. So it's 25 times the size of our previous factory. So yeah, 10,000 square meters. Um, it is very big. There is a lot of power wrap about to come out of here, which is very exciting. Fantastic. And what about what about local employment and local job, local green jobs and related multipliers? How what's your workforce change going to be? Yeah. So currently we're sitting at about thirty. I think by the end of the year um, we'll be a hundred or so. Oh my goodness! We've been hiring. Um, a lot of the team from Matchworks um, and the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre as well. So we're, we're creating a lot of jobs in that space. Um, very excited about the telemarine um, growth uh, because, yeah, it's, um, you know, our tyab factory is like a family down there. We've got three generations <laughs> working on the floor. So excited to see what it will look like here by the end of the year. I mean, it's very quiet right now, but it's going to be a hive of activity very soon. And so three generations on the floor, they must be pretty, well, that's, that's a really interesting story in itself. Uh, <laughs> are they excited about this, uh, you know, being part of this amazing new green business and product? Definitely, definitely. It was, it was. Uh, it was Walter who came on first, so the grandfather, and he loved it so much that he, he um, you know, said, hey, can my son and grandson come and sort of work here? And, um, yeah, they're, they're loving it. And, oh, that's a that's a beautiful story. I have to come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> Check in on them in a year's time. Yeah, it's very nice. Okay, so I think we've actually covered an enormous amount. So you, you use food waste to produce a compostable plastic wrap that displaces plastic wrap going to landfill. So it helps reduce microplastics entering our soils and water. It helps us all make the most of food in the home or in restaurants or, or other hospitality venues. It can be cost, composted at home. And as a bonus, it can help build, build garden and soil health and fertility and all those other good things. And you're creating all these amazing local jobs. Have we missed anything else obvious, perhaps across the last cycle or, or where, you're, where you sit and work in Melbourne, you know, coming out of COVID and just such a great news story, good for morale apart from anything else. But what about supply chains within Australia or how the pre-order, you know, mail order service works and all that sort of thing? Anything, are there any other sort of obvious environmental or surprise win-wins that have cropped up along the way? Yeah, probably I guess the exciting one for us is that we learned that, you know, major supermarkets, um, I won't name any, but 
Uh, I should probably not say that, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, yeah, the exciting um, one for us is that we found about 90% of, you know, the Australian market is buying their pallet wrap from overseas. So um, Malaysia, I think, is the largest largest location. So they're buying pallet wrap from Malaysia, using it once, um, and then sort of shipping that back um, to be dealt with. So it's an incredible problem that obviously no one's really talking about. Um, so that's an exciting one. You know, we'll be making it here, using it here, hopefully composting and, and growing some fresh potatoes from it here. So that's a really big one. And, you know, the current state of the like, supply chain, it, it just makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that's fascinating. I mean, because hard plastics, you can get your head around replacing them with ceramics or, you know, a whole lot of things you can do to sort of eliminate hard plastics, just like plas- plastic supermarket bags, you know, we use durable fabric and other ones. But, but but glad wrap or cling wrap, I'm not using any brand names there, plastic wrap. Um, no, it's that sort of end of the line <laughs> uh, freshness factor that it, it's really hard to eliminate and it's just such a huge market opportunity, isn't it? Good moment just to sort of feed into the conversation that Australia has a pretty um, ambitious national waste plan with lots of action areas and targets and some of them that great wrap, you know, directly relates to, I might just sort of um, spell out, Uh, One is that um, the National Waste Plan aims to phase out problematic and unnecessary plastics by 2025, so, you know, (laughs) Um, to halve the amount of organic waste sent to landfill by 2030. And so once you become fully uh, circular economy, you know, using local feedstocks, you'll be making a huge impact there. And and also just, you know, aiming to have an 80% average recovery waste from all waste streams by 2030. So... The market and uh, the drivers are huge, aren't they? You've seen it growing this fabulous business. It's a sort of ecological services incubator on a whole lot of fronts. Yeah, definitely. And it's family-owned. Would you like just to talk a little bit about um, how you've grown the business in terms of partners and investors that have helped you get to where you are so far? Perhaps, perhaps I think you've talked about R&D, but perhaps tell us about your investor ecology. You know, who, Who's been your angel investors? Have you used venture capital? How, how have you done this financially? Mm, it's a loaded question. Um, yeah, no, it's a, <laughs> it's a great question. I think um, we have been really lucky to attract um, a, a beautiful kind of cohort, if you will, of investors that are driven by impact. Um, so I think for us that was really, really nice. Um, a lot of people who have invested in our state obviously see a huge revenue potential, but they know why we're doing it and they believe in that journey. They've become kind of more like friends really um, <laughs> to us. You know, we catch up with them sort of fortnightly and really ask for advice. Um, I think Geordie and I are pretty good at being, or we try to be good, good at being vulnerable and asking for help when we need it. So I think that sort of cultivated quite a productive relationship with our investors. Um, you know, often you chat with founders and they they can be a bit scared of bringing on investors, but for us, we've just like absolutely loved the experience. Um, we also have taken um, small amounts of venture money from overseas, which has been incredible too, an amazing experience. Honestly, though, uh, it's very much been learning on the job. I mean, Geordie and I hadn't done this 12 months ago. So um, a lot of uh, a lot of reading books on <laughs> venture deals and term sheets and it's been a, a massive learning curve. So lots of debt for the new facility? Uh, we do have, yeah, we have debt as well. Um, we've sort of cured a, a debt facility. So, yeah, um, non-dilutive capital on the machinery side of things. And then we've, we've treated, I guess, um, 
the investment that we've taken on from angels to build our team, um, things like that. So it's a combination of both. And I think in late 21, in late 21, you were, after a really successful year, you were moving towards a final round of investment venture capital. Was it from New York or somewhere like that? Has venture capital been a large proportion of how you've raised the funds or just a component? TMB from New York um, sort of led our last rounds. They're incredible to work with. They are helping us launch in the US. Uh, so, yeah, they came on, I think it was mid last year, and we yeah, catch up with them fortnightly as well. We got a CRCP grant, which was great. That helped fund the Monash research, that acronym, the CRCP. Yeah, so that was a research grant to fund a portion of Monash. And we just recently got, um, I forget the um, AM, AM, AMGC or AMCG. It's the Advanced Manufacturing Growth Centre. Yeah. Um, so we've got half a million dollars for this facility and we've got a few other grants in. And what about the team? You say you're going to go from 30 to 100 by the end of the year. How are you managing that? Have you just, have you got a, I mean, it's a family owned business and you and Jordi are obviously pretty incredible, but have you got an advisory group or a board or, or you know, have you got some amazing experts helping you on that business human human resources definitely definitely I mean all of those all of our investors are ex-founders themselves so they have been there and and built things before which is pretty critical um so we're taking a lot of their advice we've got an an amazing business coach too and we're about to bring on a, a head of people who's helping us really manage those sort of soft skills that when you're really stretched can fall through the cracks I think you know culture's number one like we don't want a big team if they're all unhappy so um, that's been a big focus and we're doing a lot of personal personal growth in management skills and things like that which is cool that's amazing if you had to pick one or two of the biggest challenges so far what 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 would they be uh (laughs) it's hard I feel like the challenges shift daily honestly I think the biggest like long-term challenge for Jordi and myself would be uh, when you're very vision focused, but you're in a, a very, you're in manufacturing, <laughs> sometimes your mind is like six months ahead of where you want to be physically. And that can be a challenge in just like grappling the fact that you know you'll be here with product in six months, but you're still um, kind of working through the day to day here. Uh, and that's okay. You know, you, you don't want to fall too much into the day to day because then you lose sight of the vision and, and vice versa. Um, I think that's just probably the, the biggest ongoing. And um, any key tips for anyone thinking about beginning as an audacious, very clever smart up like yours? <laughs> you know, like if you if you had to time if you had your time again, would there be one or two things you do differently, or are you pretty happy with how you track? No, I think uh, I do it all all the same I think I'd definitely say just do it and if I told myself three years ago I'd be sitting in the old willow factory I wouldn't have believed it and you know like don't feel like you need to do everything at once like you'll figure it out and and people will come to you and they'll help you grow on that journey um and it's super fun (laughs) so do it (laughs) and looking forward you know five ten years what are your big goals, big picture, big blue sky vision of where you might be? Will, will it just be this incredible large business that's supplying all plastic wrap around Australia and maybe exporting some with a low ecological footprint? Or what, what's, what's your big blue sky vision for five and ten years ahead? Yeah, I mean, I'd love just to be like this amazing, you know, materials innovation company. Like plastic wrap is an immediate problem, but I think we'll continue to develop materials that solve these problems on uh, more than more than you know, one level. I think the big goal is 
really to end our reliance on that petroleum-based plastic. You know, for us, um, that's sort of what we're trying to do here. In five years' time, we're all using um, plastic made from food waste. Like, what a great world to live in, right? <laughs> and, and as you say, plastic made from food waste, that might have gone through numerous uses, like numerous product lives in different product forms. And no doubt you might be part, you may well be right behind all of that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just keep the circle going. You've already had some fabulous media coverage and testimonials. You've been in Rolling Stone, you've been on Netflix, The Project, uh, and in lots of newspapers, and I imagine that's pretty fabulous fun. Um, but, but tell us, how can we, uh, everyday, everyday, I don't know, consumers, businesses, investors, how can we best get behind you in the business uh, right now and perhaps in the future, what, what future needs might you have? Yeah, no, look, honestly, I'd just love you all to start using um, Great Wrap. So if you visit our website, um, you can get get a role for home and, you know, a role for, for business um, where, you know, in the next couple of months when that palette wrap comes on, on live, it'll be very exciting. We're releasing V2 of our products, so we'll see a lot of exciting product performance improvements there. We've got an exciting dispenser that we've been working on as well. So I think, you know, just, just get on board and um, get rid of plastic. And if you have a business that uses wrap in anything, whether it's a building product, a farming product, a food product, order your pallets now yeah exactly exactly i've been speaking with julia Kay, who with husband geordie are the founders of great wrap to learn more to support them and get your consumer and pallet wrap orders head to their website that is at greatwrap.co thanks julia awesome thank you so much thanks for listening i hope this conversation offered some nourishing food for thought to listen to more episodes of nourishing matters to chew on head to Foodswell's podcast page at foodswell.org.au backslash nourishing or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And stay in touch via Instagram at nourishing underscore matters and on Facebook at nourishing matters to chew on. If you like what you hear and would like to support us, give us a rating and a review in your favourite podcast app so other people can find us too. Nourishing Matters to Chew On is proud to be on the Climactic Network of Podcasts and part of a collective of podcasters dedicated to inspiring positive action around climate change. Check out the other great podcasts on the Climactic Network at www.climactic.fm.